if I were to make an estimation, my guess is valuation will, will come down a little bit as a result of what's happening in, in the public markets, which is frankly a good thing. Jesse, I think businesses like mine that 12 months ago might have raised at 2x valuation to what we'll raise at today. Those businesses are in a tough spot, right? So raising an evaluation that a, a, you know, a startup can grow into is really, really important. Hey, Jesse here, and thanks for checking out episode 23 of the Betting Startups podcast. In this episode, I'm joined by Ted Mose from Chalkboard, which is a mobile app that offers messaging and synced bet tracking for sports bettors and fans. In this episode, Ted talks about building infrastructure for groups of friends to talk about betting, the importance of delivering a first-class user experience for consumer social apps, and how he is tapping into the creator economy to help fuel Chalkboard's growth. He also talks about Chalkboard's plans to raise seed funding in the coming months and how he's thinking about that with the sudden changes in the macroeconomic environment. Ted was a great guest and I hope you enjoy this episode. If you have a suggestion for a future guest, let us know by DM on our Twitter at Betting Startups. Now, on to the show. All right, we are back with episode 23 of the Betting Startups podcast. And today we're joined by Ted from Chalkboard. Ted, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? doing well. Thanks for having me, Jesse. Excited to be here. Awesome. Great to have you. So look, Ted, um, you know, been reading a few things about Chalkboard. Sounds like you guys are up to a lot of interesting stuff. Really looking forward to getting into things today. As always, just to kick things off and to get warmed up, be great if you could tell listeners a little bit about yourself, your background, and maybe some of the major chapters of your journey up until the co-founding of Chalkboard. Sure. So I grew up in the Bay Area, in a town just north of San Francisco, which I'll come back to as I tell a story about Chalkboard. Um, I was a soccer player growing up, got recruited to play at Yale, which I played for two years before dealing with some pretty serious concussions, realized that my brain was a pretty important part of my life moving forward. So, so leaving the soccer team was a pretty obvious thing for me to do. I studied econ in school. My plan, you know, as I prepared to go into the working world was to be like my parents, both of whom were in finance. Um, and so I went into the world as an investment banker, realized that was not my life that I wanted to live. And then this is all in and around the repeal of PASPA. So graduated in 2018. So as soon as that happened, the opportunity for chalkboard came across my plate with my buddies. I'm happy to get into that story whenever you'd like. But that that's kind of the progression, right? I went to, went into finance, realized, hey, I don't like this. And the opportunity to build chalkboard was so clear and obvious that we went for it. Awesome. No, and I absolutely would love to hear the origin story of the co-founding of it and sort of how new co-founders got together and sort of what the genesis of it all was, right? What were those conversations like at the very beginning and what gave you guys the idea to even start this in the first place? Yeah, man, of course. So, so we founded the business as three co-founders, three best friends. We grew up together in Mill Valley, again, which is a town just north of San Francisco. And our friendships were founded on the sports fields, right? And the basketball gyms. So we, you know, sports were so core to who we were as buddies that you know, when we grew, especially close in high school, ended up going separate ways for college. We found that our group chat and iMessage, we were talking about sports all the time. And then you put sports betting in the mix. And that conversation was super explosive, have, you know, happened every single day. Screenshots of our bets, right? Like the chalkboard experience, which we'll get into, but, you know, before chalkboard was built. So that was college for us, um, spread across the U.S. at different schools. And so when past was repealed, we were still in that group chat. And we started to kick around the idea of like, hey man, like we, we've been living this product for the better half of a decade now. Like we're talking about sports betting with our buddies in this group chat every single day. And so the realization moment was, you know, in that group chat, and then we had conversations with our buddies. We started to realize, hey, there are group me's, there are discords, there are these bigger communication platforms that have these group sports betting conversations. 
that was the solution that we wanted to build. Awesome. And it's a perfect segue into that chalkboard itself. And uh, maybe just for folks listening, if you can give us a bit of an overview, like what is chalkboard? Where does it fit in the competitive landscape and, and what's unique about it insofar as the product and the features are concerned? Yeah. So chalkboard, if you think about it on the spectrum of social, is much more like a discord than it is like a Twitter or a Facebook. The founder story was one of a group chat. And what we wanted to build was this group messaging experience that was specific for sports betting. And so we, we realized when when you're building a social application, you're swimming upstream against the iMessages and the discords and these really sticky experiences that users are already on, you have to pair it with a tool, right? There needs to be a tool that pulls a sports better in that, that adds value. And then having your buddies there paired with the tool makes a ton of sense. So for us, that was bet tracking, live scores, you name it. Like everything that fuels the sports betting conversation, we've intermixed into this group messaging um, platform that is Chalkboard. So again, we started off as this like core private group chat tool. We've now kind of segued ourselves and built out horizontally to be more of like a community messaging tool. But again, it all comes back to this idea that, hey, people are talking about sports betting all the time. Having a tool be paired with that conversation makes a ton of sense because it's fueling the conversation. And when you put those two things together, you have a pretty great user experience. Yeah, hundred percent. And based on sort of the description of Chalkboard that you just provided, you know, it sounds like there's a few other sort of similar, uh, at least my perception is similar types of products out there right now, but what is it that's sort of unique about your approach to the product and, and the positioning of it that makes it a little bit different and, and makes it sort of stand out uh, for your users? Yeah. So the, the, the core comp for us is discord, right? Where it's like, you know, you're able to build a community, you're able to create your own server and chalkboard, you're able to do the same thing. We call them boards. But if you're a creator, you can come to Chalkboard, you can create your own space within our platform where you can own your audience. So I think that's, when, when you think about the social startup landscape for sports betting, there's so many of us that are, you know, fighting for the same spot. But I, but I think where Chalkboard really differentiates is we are more of a platform where users can create their own experience, whether it's in private or it's in these public communities, as opposed to being just a singular nap, right? There are a handful of platforms that are more like Twitter, where it's like, a one size fits all and there's value to having that. Um, but what we realized was <clears throat> there isn't just one sports betting community. There's going to be thousands. And, you know, we also have dreams of building chalkboard into a, a more sports agnostic platform as well. So we want to have space for the Pittsburgh Steelers fans, right? The 49ers fans, the Sharks fans. Like we want to have that community setting be able to live on a platform where you're able as a sports fan or a sports better to find those various communities as opposed to being put into a singular space and being like, well, here you go. Here's what you get. You talked about, you know, sort of the origin story of the company with your co-founders and sort of the college experience. And you sort of use chalkboard as the common denominator to stay in touch as you were all across the country in different colleges. I'm sort of curious, your current user base as it is now, is it positioned towards a Gen Z demographic or is it more agnostic? And are you finding you're getting adoption from different types of customer segments? Yeah, it's a great question. We, so we have seen tremendous growth from working with creators. So TikTok creators, Instagram creators, Twitter creators, most of whom are relatively young. So our, our user base is definitely skewed on the younger side as of right now. But at the same time, we do realize that sports betting is happening in the group chats of 45 year olds that miss each other from college too. Um, that's just a, a more difficult demographic to reach. Right. And so what we've realized is, hey, chalkboard's working really well for the, you know, 21 to 28 year olds. Let's go super deep into these creators that are, you know, communicating with them via these social media platforms that I just mentioned. 
but continue to build the tool, continue to build the, the, the platform in such a way that as soon as we're able to reach those 45 year olds, they're going to love it too. And I'm curious, just in terms of traction and sort of where Chalkboard's at the journey, I mean, you sort of commented that the origins came uh, at the repeal of Passport, which obviously was a few years ago now, but insofar as the product and just sort of the company trajectory, where, where would you sort of say you guys are at today, however you want to measure that? Yeah, so it's been a long time, right? Like we launched the business two and a half years ago, and so much of that time was just spent on product development. Product is so, so important, Jesse, as you know, where if, if you're competing with Discord or Bleacher Reporter, all of these tech products that we, you know, that we live on, that's a really high bar to get over. So the, the solution you build needs to be really seamless, really sticky, so on and so forth. So we, we've been fully focused on product up in this point. We really turned a corner January of this past, of this year. So about five months ago now, and we've been growing. I mean, we're growing really fast. Like, and again, the reason I'm comfortable sharing that is because the first year of development, we launched in January of the prior year. The first year that we were on App Store, Jesse, was really slow. Like we yeah. realized that, hey, the product that we're building is really like engineering intensive and we have to apply a ton of work to get to the point where viability is reached. The viability was reached a couple of months ago. We're growing 25% week over week. Like we're starting to feel the pains of a platform that's growing really fast. Like we've got a new set of problems than we did a year ago. But yeah, man, we're, we're in a good spot, which is exciting. No, I was going to say, it sounds like the good type of problem to have, right? Just from the acquisition side, obviously there's a lot of discussion within sports betting, but you know, consumer tech in general, anything B2C user acquisition is incredibly difficult, right? You just made that point with your first year in the app store, you know, maybe didn't quite uh, hit the escape velocity right away that maybe you'd sort of hoped or intended. And I'm just curious for you guys, like what are the, the tactics or the channels that you're looking to utilize to really kind of get that, that traction that you're now starting to see? What, what have you been doing from a marketing perspective, I guess, to really attract, uh, uh, an audience to your app? Yeah, great question. So, so again, we've, we've built what are most similar to discord servers. And up until that point, before we even built our version of boards, we saw that creators were building communities in discord and Slack and telegram building conversation around themselves, focus on sports betting. And so what we realized was, Hey, we've built the infrastructure for communications, right? This group chat app. Let's build out for these community spaces and then let's go target those creators that are leading the conversation. And if I can convince that creator to come on the chalkboard and, you know, pay you some dollars so that you bring your community on the chalkboard, not only is that a cost effective way of, of growing, but it's bringing a nuclear network with that creator, right? So what we've seen is, Hey, this is a repeatable model in terms of, of in terms of growth, but almost more importantly, the growth that comes with that creator, Jesse is really sticky. Right. Cause that, that audience loves the creator and they love chalkboard as the home of that conversation. No, that makes a lot of sense, Ted, and actually segues quite nicely into a question I have just around the overall business model of chalkboard and sort of the monetization method. And you just made a reference moment to go to the, uh, creators, I guess, that are bringing their audiences to the platform. And there's maybe some sort of economic incentive for them. Just wondering if you can sort of deconstruct what the sort of business model is for chalkboard. Yeah. So we, we are far, again, this is not a, a great answer to give at the moment because the market sure. is contracting sure. and everyone's focused on profitability. We realize that building a social platform, there are a couple of years in which you're going to need to focus more on growth and engagement and building a product that people love before you can really flip on monetization. What we're more focused on Jesse is we, we do have ways in which creators can monetize off the bat. Cause if I can build a platform in which creators are able to make money then I don't really have to pay them to bring their audience in, right? So we're more focused on, hey, what levers can we pull? Private channels, affiliate marketing, like what can creators do 
to monetize their audience in chalkboard because if they're able to make money on, on chalkboard, they're going to bring with them again, the engagement, the audience that allows us to raise some money. And then once that scale is reached, we start to, to flip on those monetization avenues ourselves. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a ton of sense, Ted. And, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. The creator economy obviously has had a bit of a boom over the past couple of years during the pandemic. And, you know, there is this entire cottage industry now of creators that are out there with their own audiences across different platforms. So no, it makes a ton of sense that you would look to bring them in to your ecosystem and build an economic model around that uh, such that they're incentivized to come into it. So it makes, makes a ton of sense. And, you know, I guess we can segue now into just the overall, I guess, macro environment around us right now. Maybe just to kick off this part of the discussion, just for context, if you could share with us a little bit about any fundraising that Chalkboard has done to date, and then we can talk a little bit about the uh, the current environment. Yeah, sure thing. So we total nominal amount is we've raised a little under 2 million bucks over two and a half years. We've done so on a rolling basis. I think the biggest round we did was $600,000 as we were just beginning. And then ever since that point, we kind of raised as we needed to, realizing that, hey, we're sweating into this product. So like, we're gonna raise that evaluation that gives our earliest investors a ton of upside. Should we get to the seed and then the A and B, et cetera. Um, so we've definitely raised a little bit of cash. I'll tell you that, you know, in launching the products more than a year ago, right? It was January, 2021, um, common consensus in startups is that you launch before you're too early. My pushback on that would be there also is value of, you know, keeping things in stealth a little bit longer. So you're able to raise money on hype because as soon as you're live, people care about traction, right? And it's taken us a long time in order to build a technology to get to a point where the traction is significant, right? And the value of, of what I'm pitching you is seen in the data. So we were able to raise money. Again, tons of angels are excited about our space. I think that's one unique thing that that's lent itself well to us is sports betting is hot, right? There's obviously been um, some contraction, some some market value loss in the public markets in the sports betting space. And I think growth companies that are at the B, C, and D stages of raising money are, are, are facing problems that we won't have. But again, I think from a macro perspective, being in the sports betting space is, is somewhat of a, a protective force for us. But time will tell. We're about to go to market for a little bit more data. We're about to go to market. We're about to raise our seed. We really wanted to wait until the data was super supportive before we did that because we wanted to raise with the best partner possible. So now that that's in place, I'll have more data for you in a couple of months. But our our estimation is that we're hopefully going to be able to raise these dollars in a way that's able to, to project us forward in a great way. Awesome. So you're looking to raise money this year before the year's out, presumably any sort of hints as to sort of the magnitude of the type of raise you're looking to do? I mean, you mentioned seed. I know the definitions are getting very blurred these yeah. days, so it's a little bit tough to to extrapolate what that means. Um, any sort of sense as to what the timeline looks like for your fundraise? And then I do want to ask a bit more about that in the context of uh, what's going on around us right now. Of course. So we we are going to go out for, you know, four to five million bucks uh, as a seed. I think we've seen seed go from like you know, two to 15 over the past year and a half. But yeah, we're going to go out for four to five million bucks. And we are planning on launching that round in two and a half, three weeks. Like I've been spending most of my days working with our lawyer to make sure that we are fully buttoned up and ready to go. But yeah, again, you know, we have such supportive data now, Jesse, that we've been needing to raise for a year and a half. We've been needed to get this raise up and done at some point. And now that the data is there, it's, it's go time for us. Right on. Well, let's talk a little bit about, uh, as you know, we both just made reference to the current fundraising environment and, you know, obviously there's some headwinds right now, just to timestamp this, we're, uh, 
you know, early May. And if uh, in the future we look back at this week, there's going to be a lot of red looking at not only equity markets, but every, everything seems to be down right now, driven by a lot of macro forces. Obviously, interest rates are on the rise, which is having a lot of downward pressure across uh, the entire economy, frankly. Um, inflation is taking off. So we have all of these sort of headwinds, I think, that are bubbling around. And for you, as you're putting together the plans to go out there and raise this seed round, how do you see that impacting your fundraising plans, if at all? And just sort of how are you thinking about this, this macro force around us right now as you're planning to get out there and, and you know, do a bit of a roadshow trying to close that seed round for Chalkboard? Yeah, so it's a great question. And, and truthfully, I, I wish I had more data as to what to expect in the conversations that, that are on the horizon. If, if I were to make an estimation, my guess is valuation will, will come down a little bit as a result of what's happening in, in, in the public markets. I'm just in the macro environment more generally, which is frankly a good thing, Jesse. I think businesses like mine that, you know, 12 months ago might have raised at 2x valuation to what we'll raise at today. Those businesses are in a tough spot, right? So raising an evaluation that, a, a, you know, a startup can grow into is really, really important. And I actually just made a higher... <clears throat> He's a, my new COO, he's come over from the investor side. He was working at Touchdown Ventures for three years, focused on our space. And so he is like all over me about, hey, you do not want to raise that too high of a valuation. We've got a lot of things going for us. Let's make sure that we can grow into that valuation and have that be a multiple when we go to, you know, go raise our egg. So we're really focused on that. But again, I'll have more data for you in a couple of months. No, that's fair enough. And, you know, I think particularly over the past couple of weeks, as these headwinds have started to really come into the view of everybody. I've noticed scrolling Twitter, et cetera, that a lot of the sort of marquee tech companies are really rapidly adjusting to the new environment around them. And it sounds like it's really just a, a bit of a reset going back to fundamentals, right? Really focusing on key unit economics and really just making sure that we have healthy businesses that are being invested in and supported. And so, um, you know, it seems like for good startups right now, good quality products, good quality teams, hopefully we'll have you know, no problem continuing to raise. But yeah, it certainly seems like things are contracting a little bit. And there's a little bit of a reset happening around us. So I, I want to talk a little bit about your founder journey as well, Ted, and shifting, I guess, maybe to that aspect of it. It's been a few years now on the chalkboard journey. And I'm just curious, what's been the most challenging aspect of starting the company and, and scaling it so far, right? You're sort of early in the scaling chapter of the journey, but you're definitely there, it sounds like. I'm just sort of curious, yeah, what's been the biggest challenge across the entirety of your chalkboard journey so far? Yeah, it's a great question. Again, I, I reference back to last year, 2021, what it's like to, to launch a product that you've been building for nine months and get it in the app store and the excitement that comes with that. <clears throat> and then the inevitable churn that like you told yourself wouldn't happen, but you know, in your heart of hearts, you knew that your product just wasn't good enough. It wasn't going to stick. Um, so I think that the, the most difficult challenge Jesse is building a team that is able to sustain those like really dark months. Like there were dark months in, in 2021 for us where, you know, the, the product just wasn't good enough and we were working really hard to get it there. But, you know, you had to have this, like the ultimate faith in the thesis that you were building towards and this grand vision of what chalkboard could be once the tech was good enough. But there were a lot of people in our corner being like, Hey, you guys might just be wrong right? Like you might just be your own. And so being able to kind of like fend off those evil thoughts and, and, and keep a team super excited, super motivated uh, is, a, is something that I was totally unprepared for. I was a, I, you know, captain so many soccer teams growing up, but it is, it is a different battle when it's livelihoods and it's salaries and it's, you know, you, you kind of embed so much of who you are into, into the startup. And when things are going great, that's really hard to 
um, keep that shit moving forward. So that's, so that's point number one. And point number two is, you know, per personal relationships, right? Like when you're starting a business and you're working crazy hours and, you know, to my earlier point, like when things aren't going well, it is really hard to separate your startup life from your personal life. So whether it's your girlfriend or your spouse or your partner or whomever it may be, like my girlfriend has, you know, helped me ride the ship many times and been able to be that resource for me. But yeah, personal relationships definitely take a hit when you're in those early startup days. Yeah, I can absolutely relate to that, Ted. And, you know, I mean, as you all know, like being on the startup is a little bit of a life of being on a roller coaster. And for those people around you, whether or not they've asked for it or wanted to, I mean, they're on the roller coaster as well, right? So I can definitely relate to sort of the stress that places on the relationships and the need to manage that carefully as well, right? So I also want to ask a little bit about just sticking with the founder journey for a moment. What's been the biggest surprise so far that maybe you wouldn't have expected back at the start of the co-founding chalkboard? The biggest surprise. Yeah. So again, the, the founder use case for the product was a group chat of three best friends, right? Which is not what we're seeing as, you know, the current traction. I think in terms of like long-term TAM, I think Chalkboard is going to be successful if we're able to build the infrastructure that's most similar to your season-long fantasy experience where it's 10 to 12 buddies that you went to high school with or you went to college with and you kind of come back every fall. Someone's going to build that infrastructure for groups of friends to talk about betting. And that's what we're going after. Cause that's, again, that's what we've always done. Um, but that, I mean, that was like the entirety of our thesis coming in. So as soon as we realized, Hey, you know, that bar is just too high to clear. Like the tool needs to be perfect. The social needs to be cleaner. Like everything needs to be really great in order for a group of friends to leave iMessage to come to a new platform and talk about sports betting. As soon as we realized that like we came to the harsh realization that, Hey, we need to pivot quickly to something that's just has a lower bar, right? And so community messaging was something that we were totally unaware of. I didn't even know what Discord was really before starting Chalkboard, right? So, you know, in pivoting towards this community experience where, you know, sports bettors on the internet are looking for spaces to just talk about sports betting and that's what we had built. That is not something that we thought of when we quit our jobs the first time, right? So um, I think that was, that was the biggest like holy shit moment was, you know, maybe that original thesis just wasn't the right one. The sequence of what we wanted to build just wasn't correct. Um, and our ability to pivot towards something that actually wasn't even within general framework of what we thought would be true, um, and able to do so quickly was the reason we're still alive. Awesome. And I guess maybe looking forward now and, you know, you talked about the, the pending fundraise, but maybe outside of that and looking ahead to the second half of the year, what are the major milestones you really focused on in addition to the fundraise? Yeah, um, we we are just so focused on growth at the moment. Our, our retention data is so strong, and we feel that the creator the creator led growth is something that we can continue to keep our foot on the gas pedal for a long time. So we're focused on growth, and then as soon as you know, part of raising these dollars, the reason you do that is to be able to build out a great team. And so, in looking for this partner, hopefully they're able to help us recruit. Um, back to your point on you know the macro macroeconomic environment, this is actually a great time for early startups to, to, you know, poach great talent. Um, there are a ton of really big businesses that can't sustain and are, you know, folks are looking to jump ship. So we're having tons of conversations on that front, but it, it's building out the team. It's continuing to grow. It's, it's building towards this vision of, Hey, what does this chalkboard look like at scale, but able to kind of segment that out in ways in which you can clear goals. Right. Awesome. And my standard closing question, bit of a fun one here in a parallel universe, if you can project yourself there into a world where you weren't working in sports betting tech or, you know, social messaging apps or anything like that in that parallel universe, what would you be doing instead? 
Yeah, well, I never thought I'd be building a social messaging. So <laughs> that's point number one. I, so when we first started Chalkboard, I was an assistant coach at my old high school on the soccer team. And I absolutely loved it. I'm a huge sports guy. I'm a huge believer in um, sports playing a foundational role in character development and, and personal development. And I think at the high school level, especially that 14 to 18 age group is, it's really hard to, to coach those people. I mean, kids are going through puberty, well, like whatever, whatever else is going on. It's a hard time to be a 15 year old and getting to be a coach with that group. I got to do it for two years and being like the young uncle where these kids got to confide in me. That is something I could see myself doing beyond chalkboard, right? If chalkboard just disappeared tomorrow, I would absolutely go back to the, to the soccer field. For folks listening that might want to check out the app or get in touch with you, or otherwise just learn more about chalkboard, how would you suggest they go about doing that? Yeah, I got to get better at plugging chalkboard. Uh, <laughs> chalkboard can be found on the app store. We're just an iOS app at the moment. We also have a website that needs to be redeveloped at some point, but it's chalkboard.io. So yeah, we're just an app and a website at the moment. Awesome. And for us Android folks, any sign of an Android app on the horizon? It's coming. Yeah. Our, our DMs are an absolute war zone. Um, and, and we, we appreciate it. It's just one of those things where when you're really starting to take one step at a time, but Android is coming. I promise. I hear you. I hear you. Ted, it's been awesome to chat with you today, learn more about Chalkboard and sort of discuss the macro environment around us. Really wishing you and the team all the best for the rest of the year ahead here. And we'll definitely be keeping an eye on Chalkboard. Thanks so much for joining today. Awesome, Jesse. Thanks so much for having me.